The following is a production of JSC Media. Stay, Stay ready. ready. You're listening to the People's Podcast. I was honest. Was I brutally honest? Yes. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that that's the problem. Everybody's so scared to be honest with one another. This is JSC Radio. What stands out to me is um, just just watching the Republican revenge, uh, convention and this they're spewing this fear, right? Like all you hear Donald Trump and all of them talking about fear, we're the ones getting killed. We're the ones getting shot. Uh, we're the ones that we're denied to live in certain communities. Um, we've been hung, we've been shot. And all you do is keep hearing about fear. It's, it's amazing why we keep loving this country and this country does not love us back. All right. So, um, back again. What's happening, everybody? Jay Scott Smith here. This is the uh, 116th episode of J. Scott Confidential. It's going to be the only one for the month of August. Wasn't planning on doing one for the month of August. I was taking a bit of a hiatus. Going to uh, come back strong in my birth month, September. But kind of got my hand forced again. That voice you heard to start this, uh, this podcast normally... You would hear my man Awesome Jones and his track Blue Chucks. Normally, you would hear something from Doc Illingsworth. There'd be a guest on this podcast. Not this time. This is the... Probably the the second time, third time this year. I've had to do an episode that revolved around this This is maybe the eighth or ninth time in my podcast history, probably more than that, I'm lost count, that I've had to talk about this. And by this, I mean another black man like me getting shot needlessly by a cop and a society that seems hard-pressed on spending more time trying to justify it than be outraged to address it, to deal with it. They want us to deal with it. That voice was Doc Rivers, the head coach of the Los Angeles Clippers. Not even more than maybe 18 hours before the Milwaukee Bucks decided they were not going to play in their game five, their playoff game down in Orlando. You have to think about this is a year in 2020 that has been maybe the most surreal time period this country has seen probably since the 1940s, since World War II. And in in an NBA playoff scenario that is being played out in August rather than May or June because of covid They have finally said enough is enough. And they took a stand. Not long before I cracked this mic on. 
Major League Baseball saw more teams, such as both the Philadelphia Phillies and the Detroit Tigers, each not doing it. The NHL, so that counts Philadelphia Flyers, who are in the second round. The NHL postponed their games in protest. I'm sitting in my bathroom. Now, to explain the reason I'm back in this bathroom, by the way, is because of COVID. This country didn't do COVID the right way. So a lot of these campuses where I was able to record a few episodes and put some stuff together this summer, were not able to go back to campus because they've rushed students back to school without really thinking about a plan for what the hell to do when they got back. So I've had to reset the home studio of sorts, and we're back at it in here. So as I sit in here, the baseball cap I'm wearing that you'll see on the when there's there's a video version of this podcast that'll be coming out as well. The baseball cap I'm wearing is that of the Detroit Lions. Now, y'all know you've listened to this show. This show is a very uh, interesting history with the Honolulu Blue and Silver. But on Tuesday, this is being recorded on Thursday, the 27th. On Tuesday, the Detroit Lions became the first professional team to boycott a practice in honor of Jacob Blake, who was shot again seven times in the back in Kenosha, Wisconsin on Sunday. The Lions, the Detroit Lions, a franchise that is notorious for not taking stands, a franchise that is notorious for not having a lot of a moral compass when it comes to social issues. The Detroit Lions took a stand, and they led the way. They were the first NFL team to do it. From my knowledge, they were the first pro sports team to do it. The NBA followed the next day, and then along came the WNBA and Major League Baseball, tennis players, and eventually the NHL. (sighs) But the, the fact that this is necessary, again, is what bothers me. I'm getting really fucking sick of every few weeks, few days, few months, whatever, seeing a man who looks like me get shot and or killed on video. This is a summer in a year where basically summer hasn't really been summer. This is a summer where it started with George Floyd being killed by a Minnesota, Minneapolis police officer with a knee on his neck. It now appears the summer's going to end with Jacob Blake taking seven shots to the back from a police officer where he survives, but his life is fucking wrecked. Paralyzed, waist down. All sorts of damage to his internal organs. The man was shot seven times in the back in front of his sons. Broad daylight, middle of the day on a Sunday. And already the smear campaign. But he had a knife in his car. He was armed with a knife. No, he wasn't. The knife was in his car. He didn't have it on him. It wasn't being brandished at officers. And by the way, not to say that it would be right to do this, but by the way, we've got plenty of videos fluttering around on the internet and they ain't that hard to find of white guys charging at police with swords, 
with guns, with baseball bats, with knives, with bricks, water hoses, naked, everything. And oddly, none of those guys end up getting shot dead. None of them. Charging at these guys, tackling them, running from them. Because remember, a lot of black men get shot in the back by these cops running away. I remember Walter Scott ran away from a cop, got shot in the back. And then the cop planted a taser on him trying to get away with it. We lose count. We're frustrated. We're angry. We're fed up in a year where society, especially in this country, is fed the f- up. We are totally fed the hell up. Mentally fucking spent. Done. Fed up. I, I don't know what else to say. You think about how fed up everybody is in this country right now because of COVID-19. Because of what it has wrought on this nation. Because of the incompetence of this government that runs this country. That borderlines on malfeasance with what's been going on. You think about how our normal, everyday lives are already disturbed, turned inside out. Now, you take that and then you throw on another layer known as racism and racial violence where every seemingly every couple of days, couple of weeks, couple of hours, another one of us, and I'm pointing to me as black men gets shot dead or or beaten or beaten to death or choked to death. With a knee on your goddamn throat. Or even in the cases where we survive. We're emotionally, physically, and mentally wrecked. And nobody gives a shit. Think about where we are right now. And understand that a lot of our parents and grandparents lived through this. They've seen this movie. Imagine... Being old enough to remember Amadou Diallo being shot at 41 times, hit 27, because he reached into his pocket to identify himself when police accosted him on his porch wrongfully, accusing him of being a criminal. The man was dead before he hit the ground. And then understand why there's rage when a 17-year-old white supremacist shithead kills two people in the street, and the police do everything they can to accommodate the kid, pat him on the back, give him bottles of water. You got the police chief in Kenosha saying, well, if they hadn't been out there, they wouldn't have been shot. That was the exact, pretty much not more than an hour before the Bucks said, screw it, we're not playing. Sterling Brown, who plays for the Milwaukee Bucks, fittingly read the statement that the Bucks made when they decided they were not going to play game five against Orlando. Past four months have shed a light on the ongoing racial injustices facing our African-American community. Citizens around the country have used their voices and platforms to speak out against these wrongdoings. Over the last few days in our home state of Wisconsin, we've seen the horrendous video of Jacob Blake 
being shot in the back seven times by a police officer in Kenosha and the additional shooting of protesters. Despite the overwhelming plea for change, there has been no action. So our focus today cannot be on basketball. When we take the court and represent Milwaukee and Wisconsin, we are expected to play at a high level, give maximum effort and hold each other accountable. We hold ourselves to that standard, and in this moment, we are demanding the same from lawmakers and law enforcement. We are calling for justice for Jacob Blake and demand the officers be held accountable. For this to occur, it is imperative for the Wisconsin State Legislature to reconvene after months of inaction and take up meaningful measures to address issues of police accountability, brutality, and criminal justice reform. We encourage all citizens to educate themselves, take peaceful and responsible action, and remember to vote on November 3rd on the behalf of the Milwaukee Bucks. Thank you. You gotta understand what this is. People have had enough. We've had way, way, way too damn much of this. And if you're one of these jagaloons who claims, I was a huge fan of the NBA, but now I'm stepping, I can't watch it anymore because it's too political. F off. You, you're not an NBA fan. You never have been. You never will be. Get on out of here. You ain't got nothing to bring to this. Nothing. If you're tired of hearing about the boycotts, if you're tired of hearing about the quote-unquote politics, imagine what it's like being the person who deals with the racism. Imagine what it's like to deal with that. Oh, but they're rich. This country can't be racist. They're rich. Have you ever stopped to think that you Dinder Mifflins out there, that perhaps they're rich in spite of the racism, that in spite of it all, they've been able to do this. Oh, but but the police do the same thing to white people, too. Okay, then we'd expect you to be outraged because I have a hard time believing that if a white man were shot in the back seven times in broad daylight in front of three of his goddamn kids, that white America would stand idly by and wave it off. That white America would stand idly by and say, well, he should have complied. You guys are the same ones who were screaming in the face of police officers at the state capitol in Lansing because they wanted you to stay inside and not spread COVID. You're the same ones who were raging about, I don't have to wear a mask. I don't have to comply. F off. If police did to young white boys what they do to young black men and old black men and kids, there would be police reform within six weeks. Yes, I'm frustrated. And yes, I'm, I'm as always, I'm sick of the stick to sports crew. This podcast initially would have been a sports show when I first developed it. But I realized that that just was not going to be able to be feasible because sports, at least in the mainstream sense, is so full of meatheads, as we've seen, so full of out-of-touch doofuses who only care about getting a paycheck, who are so sports, 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 who are so simple-minded about sports that they don't see sports for what it is. Sports is a microcosm for life. Sports is a microcosm of society. 
and every aspect of American society goes into sports, including the quote-unquote politics. But racism is not political. It's societal. We deal with it at every level. From the moment that a black kid, boy or girl, I speak from the perspective of a black male, from the moment that a black male recognizes who he is, he understands that he is a target. He understands that he is not welcome in most spaces, that he has to live under suspicion. And people just assume we should be good with that. And I'm not. And we're not. And we're sick of it. And the same thing goes in sports. Because a majority of these people, majority of these players, are black. A majority of ownership And a large amount of the fans are not. And the reason I always took issue with people, including people who work in my industry, who dismiss the importance of sports is because sports is the pulse of this society. It's not just frivolous games. Sports moves the damn needle. Sports is the conscience of American society. Period. The same people who are quick to tell these athletes and coaches to shut up and play are the same ones who just spent the better part of three and four months throwing a damn temper tantrum because COVID shut everything down and they didn't get to watch the NBA Finals in June. And they didn't get to have baseball when the season started. They're the same ones trying to force football to happen in the face of a pandemic. Sports matter. And these men and women not only have a voice in the case of so many communities, they are the damn voice for so many voiceless people. To tell athletes to shut up, it's a microcosm of American society. And at a certain point, enough's enough. I mentioned it a couple of months ago on a special I did for my station here in Philadelphia. Pressure bust pipes. And the pipe burst in Minneapolis back in May, and it's burst again in Kenosha, Wisconsin. People across this country are fed the fuck up. People are unable to work, travel, see family members, live their normal lives, and most people haven't been whole in this country since March. Now, you throw decades of racism into that pot, and now people can fix their ignorant faces in 2020, especially with all the shit that's gone on this year. How you can fix your ignorant face in 2020 to say this country isn't racist? Where the wanton killing of black people on film was a weekly occurrence before COVID? It's not just simply the, the killings, the extrajudicial killings, the beatings, the assaults, the harassment, the discrimination. It's more than that. It's the voter suppression, the redlining, the institutional violence, the micro and macro aggressions, because some of y'all just put it on out here. It's the gentrification, the discrimination in medical treatment, the fact that black women who are pregnant are more likely to not get the care they need than white women. The open attacks on our women and children, the fact that a little black boy is seen as a monster, That a little black boy is treated as if he's a predator or a criminal. Yet I got a 17-year-old running around in Kenosha, Wisconsin with an AR-15. This shit is a powder keg. And as the phrase goes, and you've heard this said a few times, and let's be real. Be happy that black people are looking for justice and equality and not looking for revenge. 
Players saying F it and not playing games is as loud of a step as you'll see. It's the single biggest boycott of a major event since about 1961. There were threats of boycotts of the AFL All-Star Game in the late 60s. There were threats of boycotts of preseason games in the NBA back in the 60s. There were threats of of no-showing and boycotting games going back to 2016. Colin Kaepernick, the four-year anniversary of him first taking the knee during the National Anthem was on the same day the Bucs boycotted that playoff game. Players saying F it and not playing games is as loud of a step as you'll see. But there are still people who won't get it. And it's not because they don't understand. It's because they just refuse to get it. They won't do it. They refuse. It's not. It's ignorance. It's willful. And it's bullshit. Sports is not frivolity. Sports is reality. And it's about time that we start bringing that reality to your living room. These athletes, whether it's in the NBA, WNBA, Major League Baseball, pro tennis players, NHL, NFL. I still can't believe the Detroit Lions were the ones at the forefront of this. They're never at the forefront of anything, for sake. All of this. It's just piling on, piling on, piling on. That powder keg is very, very real. Doc Rivers in tears, in tears, talking about this. Doc Rivers grew up in Chicago. I grew up in Detroit. His dad was a Chicago cop. My dad was a Detroit cop. My dad was a teenager in 1967. He was the same age as that rat bastard in Kenosha who shot those two people and ran back to Illinois. My dad was 17. He witnessed those riots. 25 years later, I'm a teenager watching L.A. burn in 1992. A game, a playoff game that was supposed to be played that night when the riots jumped off in 1992 was the rarest of rarities. The Los Angeles Clippers back then making the playoffs were going to host the Utah Jazz. Starting point guard for that team, Glenn Doc Rivers. It's just, it's really so sad. Like, I should just be a coach. And it's so often reminded of my color. You know, it's just really sad. We got to do better. Uh, But we got to demand better. Like, we got, you know, it's, it's funny. We protest. And they send riot guards, right? Uh, They send people in riot outfits. They go to Michigan with guns and they're spitting on cops and nothing happens. The training has to change in the police force. The unions have to be taken down in the police force. My dad was a cop. I believe in good cops. We're not trying to defund the police and take all their money away. We're trying to get them to protect us, just like they protect everybody else. Uh, I didn't want to talk about it before the game because it's so hard Like to just keep watching it. That video, if, if you watch that video, you don't need to be black to be outraged. 
You don't. You need to be American and outrage. And how dare the Republicans talk about fear? We're the ones that need to be scared. We're the ones having to talk every to every black child. What white father has to give his son a talk about being careful if you get pulled over? It's it's just ridiculous. And it just keeps getting, it keeps going. Uh, there's no charges. Breonna Taylor, no charges, nothing. All we're asking is you live up to the Constitution. That's all we're asking for everybody, for everyone. Thank you. 30 years later, he's the head coach of this team. And we're still talking about the same shit that we were talking about 30 years ago, 60 years ago, 70, 80, 90 years ago. It's effing frustrating. It's maddening. It's gross. And not only do I not have an issue with athletes doing it, I'm surprised it's not going to happen more, but it's probably going to start. 2020 is one of those watershed years in American history. It's right there with 1968. It's right there with 1945. It's right there with 1876. I told you all about that election in episode 23. It's right there with 1865. It's a landmark. It's a watershed. COVID is already frayed a whole lot of nerves down the to the to the nub so to have to deal with a new pandemic and the original pandemic nah fam can't do it i applaud those players the protests that have been going on around this country yeah some of them turned violent a lot of them got ugly but that's what this world is and things have got to change but sometimes change ain't gonna happen until you force people to pay attention to it, until you force people to have to address it. Because sometimes, sometimes you can't do it nicely. And that's what's happening now. I've done so many episodes like this the last four years that I've kind of lost count. Not that I ever expected that in the last four years that this would change. It's just that... I thought maybe we'd turn a corner at some point. Maybe. Perhaps. But sometimes you got to hit that corner pretty hard. And that's what this is. I want to thank you all for taking the time to listen to this. I had to get this off. This wasn't intended to be 116, but it is. And here's hoping that the next time I do an episode like this, it has a slightly, slightly better ending than this. My name's Jay Scott Smith, telling you to take care of yourself, especially if you're black. Take time for yourself. Take time to decompress. Take time to breathe. Take time to just allow yourself to be. It's hard. This shit 
is so goddamn hard. Take care of yourself. God bless. Always dare to be different. Always remember to take care of each other. Until next time for episode 117. Goodbye, everybody. Um, I mean, I think the most difficult part is to see, like, people still don't care. And for, for this, it just continuously happened. I mean, it just shows um, just the hate in people's heart. And, I mean... I mean, that, that just sucks, you know? And being a black man in America is, is not easy, so... I mean... Like I said, you know, I, I just... I wasn't there today, but I'll, I'll bounce back. I'll be fine. You're listening to The People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. This is a presentation of JSC Media. I heard on the news about that five-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid didn't know it was loaded. I heard on the news about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online. For like a year, she couldn't take it anymore, so she got her dad's gun from his nightstand. I heard on the news about that guy who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the hall closet. He accidentally shot his cousin in the head. She killed herself. And later, killed the owner of the store he was trying to rob. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council.